podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. I'm joined by two merry men this afternoon. Disu, how's it going, mate? Not bad, not bad, not bad. Yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good. Um, it will become apparent to our listeners why I've asked you to come on this week. <laughs> <laughs> You're it, it is, it is what it is, bro. Uh, Reams, you're becoming something of a regular. How are you doing, bro? Yeah, that's what they're saying, isn't it? I've been on it. I've been on there after after a long while. I've been on there for. Shall I tell you why? It's because my man's is back up. Yeah, uh, for those of you who are listening through your AirPods and wondering what that clattering noise was, that was Disu uh, stamping the table in a, in agreement. Yes, uh, no behaviour. But um, yeah, in terms of <laughs> coming on the pod this week, it made perfect sense. Uh, if you guys don't know who their man's is, it's, it's Russell Westbrook, but we'll get into that later. Um, before we start, I just wanted to do the usual housekeeping. So uh, we've received a few messages from some of you guys on Twitter, Discord, etc., etc., uh, mentioning that you now rather than seeing courtside fracker, uh, a touchline sports feed is popping up where courtside used to be. Uh, we did mention a few weeks ago that we switched to a shared feed with our Formula One and boxing podcasts. Um, our pod will continue to come out on the sat- uh, on the Sundays. And uh, the midweek pods, when they do come out, will come out uh, on the Wednesdays too. If you want to check out the Formula One, that's cool. Uh, if you want to check out the boxing, that's also cool. You can also choose not to. Uh, but yeah, we'll continue to provide that offering. Um, Patreon, that's picking up. We've got a few bits and pieces on the Patreon. So sign up to support. Um, we'll be putting more and more on. And as we get closer to the playoffs, there'll be additional content coming on our Patreon channel. Uh, finally, sign up to our Discord channel. Discord, we've got a courtside chat there. Uh, we have live watch-alongs. And again, as we get closer to um, the playoffs, um, we'll have more and more uh, games going on to the Discord live. So give that a listen, sign up. Great. Um, so let's get into it, boys. Um, before we get into our main topic, let, let's catch up uh, on the news from this week. So the first thing I want to talk about was uh, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, retiring after 15 years in the NBA. Um, so he was a seven-time All-Star, made the NBA second team twice, made the NBA third team three times. Um, he noticed an irregular heartbeat in their loss to the Lakers on the 8th of April, went to go and check it out, and as a result has decided to do what's best for him and his family and retire. Uh, just wanted to take a few moments just to talk about LaMarcus's career. I'll start with you, Reams. You know, obviously, we've discussed him recently with his move to the Nets, but with him suddenly retiring, let's talk a bit about the good days and I guess what impact it potentially has on the Nets. Um, yeah, he's, man, he's had a good career, you know. Um, came into the league, what, 2006, I believe. I, can't, I think 2006 was a second-round pick. Um, so he was a high pick, did well in college, and, you know, he came into the league at the Trail Blazers. When he was there, you know, Brandon Roy was there. Then they drafted Greg Oden with the number one pick the year after that. So he, he he had to wait his turn a little while before he really became the guy there. But then he became the guy there. And then shortly after that, Damian Lillard came into the league and they had a really good team. Him, Lillard, Wes Matthews, Batum, Robin Lopez. You know what I mean? Good team. Had that playoff run in 2014 when they knocked off um, the, um, the Houston Rockets. Um, and then, you know, he moved to San Antonio. He wanted a bit of a bigger, like... 
role, a better chance of winning the championship I get. Went to San Antonio Spurs, was there, you know, had a great team in 2016. 67 games won. Lost to OKC in the playoffs. Season after that, conference finals, you know what I mean? More All-Star teams, more All-NBA teams. So, you know, I think you said in the last 10 years, the only the only guys that have made more All-NBA teams on him are all, like, the best players of the last 10 years. So it shows that he's right up there with, like, great company and he's had a really good career. And, you know, this season he had a... Um, um, he left San Antonio and he went to the Nets and that was probably his best chance in his career to win a championship. And, you know, like, he kind of provided the Nets with, like, uh, some with some size at the five spot, you know, some space in there, space the floor a bit better than DeAndre Jordan, Nick Claxton can, and, you know, a bit, uh, a bit of room protection. He ain't. He can't move like he could in his prime, but, you know, he's still a big, long body there. Still scoring the mid-range. Never lost that that touch in the mid-range, you know. So the Nets have, the Nets have lost, like... It's hard to cry for the Nets, really, because they're still the rich, you know what I mean? But they, they, lost, they, lost, <laughs> yeah. they lost another piece that they could have thrown at MB, the Giannis, you know what I mean? Uh, Anthony Davis, a Jokic, potentially. So other than that, you know what I mean? they're still eating, you know what I mean? Like, so was, I'm not really shedding much tears for the next, but Marcus, you know, he's had a great career. He's got out with his health intact. You know, he's made his money. He could go spend time with his family now and, and be healthy. So congratulations to him on a great career. Yeah, I couldn't really sum it up any, any better than you have, Reams. Just a fact check. I checked he actually was the number two pick in the 2006 draft. So he came out... Um, with, with high stocks, and he ended up having a fantastic career. When you look at uh, the accolades that he, he put together over the last uh, decade and a half, you, you have him alongside such people as Russ, Steph Curry, uh, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, James Harden, etc., etc. Obviously, like you mentioned, the Nets was where he wanted to go to try and get that elusive chip, but unfortunately, it didn't quite happen. Um, the next topic I wanted to talk about, uh, this one is a, a bit sad, um, but uh, it came out this week that uh, with the 2020 Hall of Fame class that uh, Michael Jordan is going to be presenting Kobe Bryant. So obviously we know uh, it's been over a, a year since Kobe passed away now. Um, I just want to get your thoughts, Disu. Um, I, I was, funnily enough, I've been watching Hall of Fame acceptance speeches in the last couple of weeks. I don't know why. You know, randomly on YouTube at like 1am and you find yourself in one of those right, watching different Hall of Fame speeches. I've been so, watching Alan Robinson's one and crying my eyes out every now and I watched, again. I watched AI's one. That was great. I watched Kevin McHale's yeah. one, which was hilarious as hell. Um, but yeah, uh, we didn't know that they had such a close relationship until Kobe passed away and uh, MJ spoke at his um, his memorial and it was, it was touching because Kobe was always compared to MJ, like the second coming of MJ. To know that it kind of had that brotherly relationship his whole career. Uh, it's beautiful to see um, him presenting him at the Hall of Fame. There's almost a, like a poeticness to it. But just, I just wanted to get your thoughts and I guess the thoughts on the whole 2020 class. Tim Duncan's going in. Reem's probably rolling his eyes. Kevin, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett also going in. But yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts around that, Dissu. Um, yeah, with Kobe, obviously it's tragic. It's just it just feels weird to even still discuss it because he was just like on the next chapter in his life. And I was like, Kobe's one of the people who I actually care what they have to say in terms of like athletes or celebrities, because athletes celebrities tend to be rather guarded because they have too they have too much vested interest in 
what they say and what they do publicly. So you don't really gain much from interviews. You gain maybe some small laughs or some small interest here and there. But um, Kobe, if I saw a Kobe interview anywhere, I'm rushing to see it because Kobe's actually going to give you, you know when people say hashtag gems, like Kobe actually does give you like some very, very interesting bits of information and analysis and the way he talks about basketball, the way he talks about leadership and competitiveness to win. So it was sad to see. With regards to his Hall of Fame class, um, it's it obviously it's a no-brainer. I just wish that NBA Hall of Fame was a bit more strict. You got you got you got jokers like Yao Ming in there. Like, come on, man. come on, take a biscuit. You might you might get Draymond and Clay Thompson in the Hall of Fame, which is a joke thing. But um, Tim Duncan Hall of Fame, yeah, obviously. I'm trying to I'm trying to see who else is in the Hall of Fame class to see um who's this year to see if there should be. Hold on, where is it? Uh, 2020. Who else is in it, Mara? Uh, in the list, Rudy Tomjanovich. Yeah, Rudy Tomjanovich, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. Oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Certified Hall of Famers. Um, I was going to do a Kevin Garnett joke just to wind up rings, but I couldn't think of anything quick enough. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just sad. Rudy's in there as a coach, though. Yeah, Rudy's in there as a coach. He's been presented by Hakeem. Uh, Tim's been presented by David Robinson. And Kevin Garnett's been presented by Isaiah Thomas. So I guess it's a testament to how long we've been watching the league because these are the guys that we were watching growing up, winning chips, right. competing against each other. I'm only going to start to see more and more of them joining joining the league over the next few years. So, yeah, yeah. again, a bit older. Yeah, all of them certified, certified Hall of Famers. Um, certified Hall of Famers. And, yeah, even nice. with the Kobe they engine, all, they all it's first funny. as well. You have to realize they all retired same year, 2016. All yeah. right, into the first ballot. Yeah, as, as they should be. As they should be. You're talking about some of the greatest players that's ever played a game. And it's with Kobe and MJ, it's interesting because we always had a discussion, Kobe versus MJ, Kobe versus MJ. And so many people was like, Kobe over MJ. Obviously, is the, is, the, is the Lakers stardom and stuff like that. The fact that Kobe was able to be put into that MJ class, I, I, I don't think Kobe is better than MJ. I think MJ is better. It was mad to me. And even just watching the way they approached basketball, some of the moves were the same. They both had the mid-range popping. They could both Co- play defense. Kobe stole his whole flow, you could say. Yeah, he, he did. did. He stole his whole flow and added just a bit more... A bit more evil to it, which was ad- admirable for me because I love I love a bit of villain. So, yeah, man, big up Kobe, man. It's, it's, it's sad. Cool. Uh, Ira, Golden State fan. Uh, Steph Acolyte has joined us. No, he's, he's not going to say whoa, fan. Whoa, 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 he's a Steph fan. He's a Steph Curry fan. A Steph Curry fan. He's in a competitive relationship. relationship. He's in a competitive relationship. Lord, relationship. Lord, Lord, Absolutely. Okay, cool. That's a Westbrook. We're all the same boat here. No, we're not. <laughs> the difference, the difference between me and you, Ira, is that I actually like basketball. You don't like this basketball, fancy Steph. This is you don't watch OKC anymore. Yeah, you watched them in two years, bro. Damn, man, I, ain't got time I actually have a team that I support, though. So <laughs> obviously, Mar- cool. Mariah was just hosting, innit? I get you, Mariah. Still, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just letting you do your thing. So uh, the main topic <laughs> of, of of this week's pod is uh, what is actually shaping up to be quite an interesting playing race in both conferences in the East and the West. So this will probably be the first pod of, of two pods where we look at those teams that are competing for those uh, playing spots and, and how close it is. So we're going to start um, over in Miami. Uh, I know your Wolves played them recently, beat them, actually, Reams. Uh, 
recently. Uh, they're currently seventh with a 28 and 28 record. Um, yeah, and, and that playing race is stretching all the way down to the Raptors and 12, who who are only a, a couple of uh, losses behind uh, the Wizards and the Bulls. So I wanted to get our thoughts on Miami. Uh, obviously, last year's runners up. What what's going wrong? <laughs> and essentially, uh, yeah, are, are they going to get into the top six spots if they get into the play-ins and they get into the playoffs via the play-ins? Um, what sort of threat did it end up being in the playoffs? But I'll start with you, Reams. Uh, as you played them recently, what things have you noticed from Miami? I think um, they are a good defensive team. I think they might have got a little bit better defensively than they was last season. You know, Bam, Jimmy Butler, um, great defenders. They've added Trevor Ariza to that now. Another great veteran defender. They got Iguodala on the bench. Um, I think that where they're coming stuck at present is. Their offense is not running as smoothly as it should be. It's a little bit slow. It's a little bit stagnant. You know, they're not generating the quality offense that they kind of was generating in the bubble at times. You know, and obviously Jimmy, Jimmy has never been a guy to go for 40, 50 every other night, like certain other like high volume scorers. He's more of like a facilitator. He'll pass it. He'll score in big moments when he needs to. Bam could score, but yeah, I must score like that. I think they're having issues at the point guard position. So at the trade deadline, there was lots of talks of trading for Cal Lowry, which I feel like would have helped them. But of course, you know, at Miami at present, they have a real bondage with these two shooters, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robertson, and they, it seems like they wouldn't trade either. It seems like if Hakeem Olajuwon came on the trade at 20 years old, they wouldn't trade they could have had James Harden, didn't want to trade him. They could have had, you know what I mean? So they're just going to have to eat that one. I feel like they have too many good players not to eventually find themselves past maybe the New York Knicks in that sixth seed. Um, feel like, I feel like the Celtics now, they're, they're, they've, they've found a little groove. So I feel like they'll cement themselves in that four or five seed. I think the Atlanta Hawks are playing amazing basketball at the moment. So I fancy those two to be four or five. I feel like the um, Miami was sneaking at six. Um, in the playoffs, I feel like they were a good matchup for the Nets in terms of what they could throw at them defensively. But I just don't feel like they're going to be able, they're not going to be able to score. Like to beat the Nets, you got to be able to score one fifteen, one twenty, and I don't feel like they're going to be able to do that four times out of seven. So it depends if they if they if they if they meet the Bucks in like a three six in the first round, that could be an upset again. And I think it'll be a bigger upset than it was last year. Even though last year we're like, no one's seen it coming. But other than that, I feel like they'd lose to the Sixers. I feel like that's a bad matchup for them. And obviously the Nets. So I think they sneak in at six. And I think it's going to be a tough first round series between them and the Bucks. Really interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you touched on a lot of the points that, that I kind of noticed. Um, while... Bam and Jimmy are putting the numbers up um, game in, game out. Uh, Tyler Hero, yeah, who, who uh, after the back of last year's playoffs... Untradeable. <laughs> the second coming has regressed this season. They tried to start him at the beginning of the season, give him a bit more of the ball, make him a playmaker, initiate the offence. Wasn't really his thing. So he, he started to play off the bench um, and his shooting numbers have taken a slump. 
your your star and Jimmy doesn't have those uh, sort of good numbers from deep, and he he's been very poor from three this season as well. You need your two three guys to essentially carry that floor spacing for you. So with Hero's numbers going down and Duncan Robinson, while on the surface having the similar numbers to last year, not really fitting in as well um, as as he did in the flow of things last year, it's tough for them. It's clunky. They're hard to watch. A really, really, a really, really hard to watch team. They have to fight for their buckets. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I should see them going past the Knicks like you. Um, because I think they just have a bit more about them. And then when you're comparing stars to stars, they, they've got a bit more than the Knicks. But um, yeah, interesting that this deep into the season, they're still they're still where they are. Uh, maybe it, it seems like like they started poorly. Obviously, you blame COVID, you blame they had 71 days off after the finals injury. Yeah. And when everyone came back healthy, they had like a good run of wins. And now they've kind of slumped back into like a bit of like lose like the loss, the loss against the Timberwolves, like down in the in the fourth quarter, they just they couldn't stop Cat, first of all. He was like he was food on everyone. They put Trevor Rizzo on him, food. They put Bam on him, food. They couldn't stop him. And their offense just like jammed, like jammed, like nothing was, and like Timberwolves are a terrible defence, like we have like two good defenders and they couldn't get any big buckets when they needed big buckets, so that's that's a bad omen for the playoffs in my opinion, when defence gets a little bit more tough, you know what I mean, so You see, you see the heat, yeah, you see the heat obviously they're, uh, what, they're less than two games away from um, six, yeah if there was a box heat series, I don't know who I'm picking, you know, because you know what, bro, I can't lie to you, I don't know who I'm picking so obviously Knicks are six at the moment, but you know if it's Bucks versus Heat, I can't. I don't know who I'm taking to be honest with you because you know what Giannis is about in the playoffs, fam, and you know we know what Butler's about in the playoffs as well. So obviously Sixers Heat, it's a wrap. Nets Heat, that's a wrap as well. But Bucks Heat, don't know. So that's what I think anyway. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep our eye on that. And with what sixteen or so games left, um, it's, it's going to be an interesting battle down there. Well, it's only it's only sixteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, the seasons. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that uh, soon, era. I don't know. I have no idea what you're referring to, by the way. Just to... <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> I found that well, the, the season started for me in January, but anyway, <laughs> we'll quickly switch over to the to the West, and I know we spoke about the Mavs. Um, a few weeks ago, so we won't spend too too long talking about them this week. But we've got the Mavs, who are currently in the seventh spot. They're six and four in their last ten. Uh, they lost on Friday night to the Knicks, one hundred seventeen to one hundred nine. Uh, last month, their offensive rating top ten. Uh, so is their defensive rating. Um, what do we think of the Mavs? Obviously, they, they they're they're carried by the transcendent Luca, but they they go how he goes. And and against the Knicks, he was really leggy. Didn't really have much lift in the in the fourth quarter. I'm going to come to you, Disu, uh, to talk about the Mavs. And I, I guess within their playing race, they've got a little battle with the Blazers going on as well because they're only a couple of games behind the Blazers too. Well, just so, to stop, can I just say they should have lost to the Grizzlies as well? Like Luca, yeah? Luca threw up a prayer. Oh, yeah. that shot good! What like the a hell? Throw up three. They they should have lost that game as well. So they right now, if they would have lost that game, they would have been in the eighth seed. So. It's, yeah, be Um, So, I watched as much basketball this season um, as much as previous season, but I am surprised that every time I check in, I'm always seeing these Luca highlights on, like, 
because I follow like House of Highlights, all the pages, and I'm just seeing them get chefs too often. So <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't get it. But um, in terms of like where you're sitting in the current, play- where sitting in the current playoff rankings, do they really? I would love to see them against the Clippers again. I love seeing the Clippers because last, obviously, last season, like the postseason is almost a completely different nowadays. In the last three years, is almost like the postseason, the regular season, are almost two different sports. It seems like you see certain teams doing mad bits in the regular season. Utah Jazz, yeah, come postseason, they're gonna get fist up again. That's my prediction, and I hope so because I hate that franchise. But um, I love to see them match up against the Clippers again. Because obviously um, last year they matched up against the Clippers. They had that Luke on a bum ankle. They got um, Porzingis thrown out for one game, which was which was just ridiculous. And Porzingis also missed. I think he missed the last two games. So interested to see them go up against the Clippers again. But as far as as far as the Blazers, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll, I don't think will catch them. The mass. The mass are just too inconsistent, and I just don't trust them as a defensive team. So I don't think they'll catch them. And they and. Um, I always think that the Trailblazers catch the, the Lakers, though, because it seems like they're shutting down um, the two stars. It, it just seems like they're shutting down the two stars until the playoffs. So I will not be surprised if Portland, they're only taking the Lakers and catch them. But um, I do enjoy checking in, see Luca doing some mad stuff. But I, I, I won't be surprised if they get bounced out of the playoffs in the first round again. I, th- I think the Mavs have a few issues. Um, I think. Obviously, they have Luca, who's gonna get you points when you need them, and I think they're um and they have they have some shooting, they have some spacing. I feel like the inconsistent play of Porzingis as as yeah. hurt, like he, like Porzingis when he was in New York, he was kind of seen as like a tran a, a transcendent big star player, and now he's yeah now he's just kind of like a functional good big man might give you twenty, might scrape to ten assists every now and again. Like he ain't really taking that leap to like that real second option that's going to make you like a contender that people thought he would. And I think like he, he had an ACL injury. Like when he was in the New York, he was a really good defender. Now it seems like that defense has slipped a little bit since the injuries, maybe lost a bit of mobility. So I feel like the Mavs really need someone else other than Luca that could generate the sense of danger and the, that Luca does, you know what I mean? Because at the moment, when things are going tough, it's just Luca, 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 Luca. And you know, we've seen too many examples of when a team is like that. That's an easy team to to, to scheme for. You know what I mean? That's a good point, but, still. Okay. We know the defense ain't there. They they traded for Seth Curry, who's one of the best shooters in the league. For Josh Richardson, his shooting's been inconsistent. He's supposed to be a a top wing defender. His defense has been in, inconsistent. So I feel like the front office hasn't done a great job of putting the right pieces around Luca, And he's only three years into his career, but you know, basketball players these days, they're seeing all the jumping shit that players are doing. They're seeing all the player power stuff. So I don't know what you guys think, but I don't know if Luca seems like the most patient guy in the world. Like he's coming from Real Madrid and they was busting everyone up in the Euro League every year. You know what I mean? So, Look, look at the dirty player, bro. He's 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 a, he's a very nasty guy. Like, you see the way he um he dives in for calls and fouls. He's a very dirty guy. So I, I don't think he's anything. I don't think he's patient at all. I think he's a very nasty guy. I don't think he has a conscience. Okay. Um, no, what? You know what? You like you know you know you know you see you see ref baiting yeah? The ref baiting where it looks sly. You know how the boy looks sly. Lucas one, he, he is absolutely nasty with it. 
is nasty. But obviously, you have to be nasty. You have to be a killer to be that high in the league. But what I was going to say was a good point because Seth Curry's trade, um, if you remember at the start of the season, they started very, very poorly. Um, the, you know, the Mavericks. Um, they started very, very poorly. I think they were like 10th initially. And then Lucas started ref baiting. Um, so what I think is, I think there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of them. Because they, they, they actually chuck up bare threes. And I think come playoff time, you can maybe game plan against just him or like, you know what I'm saying? Because you made a good point. It's very rare nowadays to find a one-man show. Um, so, I mean, unless you're they LeBron. Don't, they, don't, they don't seem to have a lot of shot creators on their on their roster. They've got, they've got a lot of shot takers. They've got, they've got they that, can, that can go 50% from, from free or 60% from free on, 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 on an off night. But in terms of when it gets to playoffs, the pace slows down. It's more half court offense, not just you know transition, getting open looks. They don't outside of Luca looking at their roster. I don't really see much like playmaking on shot creation, and I think that yeah, might be a problem for them. Outside of Luca, probably Tim Hardaway Junior. So, yeah. which is which is which is which is saying yeah, a lot. He's not bad, is it? But he's not going. He's not going to take it. Not to say not, not to say he's bad, but like he's not. Yeah. Gonna he's down. not going to move the needle anyway. Needle yeah, essentially, yeah. Essentially, so after Luca, they've obviously got 100 million tied into Kristaps Porzingis for the next three years. Um, it's the injuries have taken away uh, the, the, the athleticism yeah. that he had, and especially at that size, uh, you really can't lose a smidgen of it because, especially on the defensive end, teams will kill you. They'll bring you out to the perimeter and take you off the dribble all, all day long. Like you guys say, Hardaway Junior, he's solid. We'll give them about 15, 16 points a game. But you need your third guy to be able to potentially put up 25, 30 uh, in tricky spots. And he's not that sort of player. Um, yeah, it's tough for them. They spoke to Luca about the play-ins and, and here's what he had to say. Um, I don't understand the idea of a play-in. You play 72 games to get into the playoffs and maybe you lose two in a row and you're out of the playoffs. I don't see the point of that. Two things. NBA needs this money. And are you not entertained? <laughs> they're getting nervous now because they see they see they see Steph putting up. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to see Steph. You do not want to see Steph. Then again, they're getting a little bit quaky in their boots now. What I will say is, I feel like from the Trailblazers down to who's who's tenth, San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio tenth, where they got the same record as the the, the uh, Warriors. No. Yeah, right. none, none, none of those teams are real. None of those teams are real, first of all. <laughs> the Trailblazers are not real. They don't play any defense. I'm sorry. Not a team that's no, the third team in the league in defense is not a real team. I'm sorry. I agree. I how, You're not winning anything. You're not going score. anywhere. I don't when care how much CJ could score. Their own, the only defender they have on their team that could actually defend at an above average rate is, is Robert Covington. And he isn't like a transcendent defender that's going to... Like he's not a, he's not a go bear, you know what I mean? He's not a Draymond, you know what I mean? Like they're they're not real. So, <laughs> so so from from we'll, we'll start from the Lakers. I feel like um the Lakers have done surprisingly well in these games that AD and Bron has been down because they kind of to to avoid to, to avoid getting in the playoffs they kind of had to be around five hundred and I think they're seven and eight. Yeah, they've, they've that's done amazing. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. They've survived. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have lost all 16 games and been like seventh now, and that would have been big. Like, <laughs> AD's coming back next week against the Mavericks, so they've done well to survive. So, the Lakers, the Lakers will be cool, man. 
Yeah, and I think even with, with that, what it's meant is that some of their fringe guys who probably haven't had the opportunity to get into rhythm this season have had a, Taylor Horton Tucker, who they had so much hopes in at the start of the season and the season went on, he kind of showed that struggle first year in the NBA, uh, different different sort of lengths, different sort of defense, different sort of looks, team scheming against you. He's been able to build up some consistency. Kyle Kuzma has also, before his injury, was able to build up some consistency. Um, and they'll be better for it. Obviously, Drummond's come in. Gasol's kind of taken a look inside himself and realized that sometimes I, maybe I pass a bit too much sometimes. And yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, you're playing basketball. You want to hoop in, floor, floor, get some shots in the basket, brother. So uh, I think the Lakers will be the Lakers will be better for that. Um, still an elite team defensively, and when you add LeBron and AD to that, it, it's a scary it's a scary prospect if we're if we're being honest. Um, I'm I'm with you, Reams, in, in that regard. Uh, the Mavs, like we say, will go how Luca goes, but essentially, I'm not expecting very much from them. Um, let's go over to to the Eastern Conference, and the reason why a couple of you are are here, um, Russell Westbrook, is it the third Reams? Russell Westbrook, the third, am I right? The third. Um, listen, we we see the numbers. We've been seeing the numbers. Um, at, at this point, I think he leads the league in triple-doubles with 25 this season. Um, what, 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 what number is he seeing? Sorry? What, what number is he seeing? Yeah, triple-doubles. Triple-doubles is like... The only number I can see is 23 wins and 33 losses. Uh, we're talking about Russell Westbrook, not the Washington Wizards. We're, we're oh, getting on to Washington. Apologies, yeah. apologies, apologies, apologies. Yeah, apology accepted. So uh, with, 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 with that, uh, the Washington Wizards have been able, behind Russ and um, Bradley Bill, been able to put up some sort of record. They're still only 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games, but they've got the same record as the Bulls now, and they're in that 10th spot in the East. Um, so I wanted us to, firstly, spend some time talking about uh, Russ and what he's what he's been doing, and then secondly, let's talk about the wizard roster and potentially where they go under his and Bradley Bill's uh, stewardship. I'll start with you, Dissuus, the long term uh, Russ Venger. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I'm a Russ fan. I like people capping on my boy's name. Facts. Um, well, Russ, he started off. A, it was a bit gruesome at the start of the season. Um, he looked like he lost several steps. He, I didn't see him jump like the dunks. When he did dunk, it was like just scraping the rim. I was like, rah, it's not quite down bad because he was looking really good last year. Like, could have been last year, might have been one of his best years up until the bubble when he got COVID and he hurt, hurt himself and he pushed off Adrian LaFell. Um, Wizards, they can't play a lick of defense, they 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 they, they couldn't they could guard a shadow, so that's been an issue all year long. So, even though Bradley Bill was putting up play in that, they can't guard anybody, so that's been an issue all year long. But as, as Russ has got healthier. Probably got more used to his teammates. His his level of play has increased. So he's been he's been actually excellent the last month or two. I can't I can't articulate um quantify that exact time period. It's the All Star break. Yes, it's the All Star break, which happens literally in every rough season. Like after All Star break, always plays much better, which is which is kind of strange. Um, yeah, he's he's looked explosive. Like against uh, it wasn't um the Pistons. Who they played before the Pistons? Uh, yes. I can't remember. Who was the it jazz. then? It was the Jazz. The, um, um, yeah, no, no, it wasn't the Jazz. It was um, Pelicans. It was the Pelicans. Or when he like, he did like a hop step, hop to a powerful dunk. Unless they did alley you up by the rim. Obviously, been distributing distributing the ball really well. And you can see him like coach up certain players because certain man just gives him the ball and they just don't fucking they just they just, they just don't shoot. Um, he's been, he's been playing at a high level and it's interesting like the discourse around his numbers. Like to say it's. Like to say, it doesn't matter. Like 
is contributing to a bum ass team. His team is terrible. He's not. They're not good. Like I want highlights. It's just not. It's not a good team. Not very athletic. Can't really guard. The free ball is very inconsistent. And he's getting. I think what game was it? Was it Warriors? Where he literally gave three layups in a row. Three layups in a row and they missed. So his level of play has been good, but it's just a shame that because the Wizards are so bad, and of course he does play accountability that, especially the first half of the season, they're ten games below five hundred. So putting up 25, 14, and 17 and get a W, people don't care because you're still a million miles away from... Yeah, as long as you're underneath 500, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it, I mean. it's worth... And I'm, I'm, I'm a subscriber to that. Bro, your team, your team gets... Even if it's not your fault, you can't put it on the same rate ratings as, let's say, a Joel and B putting up much numbers in a team that's winning. It just is... It, if your team's winning above 500, then there's now like the argument. But if your team's getting slapped, I can't. But... They are in a they're in like a virtual freeway tie for the for the play-in. And I will guesstimate and Bill stay help stay healthy, they will make the play-in. And I won't be so who's the current eight seed now? I will not be hmm, Hornets are pretty decent, but I'm only surprised if they could take out um they could take out the balls and the paces. I'm only surprised if they could beat beat the Hornets. I won't be surprised at all. So um yeah, we'll we'll see how the season goes. But um he he's he's been putting them on, on his back recently. Yeah, there was that. That was great, Disu. And there was one thing that you didn't mention that I feel his season's been split into two parts: Russ before um, recovering from his injury, uh, and Russ after recovering from his injury. So, it, so when you talk about the injury, it's the uh, it was a muscle injury that he got. It was last year, wasn't it? Uh, oh, and yeah, he, yeah. And he basically essentially played through the bubble with it. The quick turnover of the new season meant that he wasn't able to get himself sorted out, and he essentially started the season with it. Um, and he struggled, like you said, he didn't have the steps. Uh, looked like he lost several steps, didn't have the explosiveness. And as we know, that that is your Wash, Russell Westbrook. Um, and without yeah, that, know, uh, sorry to interrupt, not just that, yeah, like, even, his even his jumper, no lift, his jumper, no lift, no lift, yeah. hella front iron. Like, hella if, front you're iron. if you're an explosive player and you've got a quad injury and you need and you and you need your quad to push off to get elevation to get you know, look, your first step. Like, if you're a player like Russell Westbrook and you've got a quad, you're basically not even a basketball player anymore because. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't shift. He couldn't get to his spots. He couldn't shift anyone off the dribble. He couldn't do. It, it, just, it was just ugly. Like everything was forced. You know what I mean? So yeah, can, you can see the real now between that. Like he, he's getting to his mid range spots. He's getting to the rim, kickouts, everything like that. You know what I mean? So he's dunking yeah. again. The different players. Yeah, like, say yeah. He, so he's back to like almost. He's, he's like averaging like twenty two, eleven, and eleven essentially. On four percent shooting, which for a guard, for a high volume guard, to be good. The only issue I still have with Russ right now is the free throws. And every yeah. single change of rule, they just, he's shooting sixty two percent from the free throw line. That's giving like, two, like a couple points a game. So like that, that needs to get back up. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he, how um how he does. Um, I think by next year he'll be back to being an being an all star player. Um, unfortunately. I'm not whole NBA because the Wizards suck too much, so all NBA is probably a far reach for them. But yeah, do you think? Do you think? So let's say, let's say, let's say, let's say you get tenth year ahead of the Bulls. Do you think that you beat the Heat in the playing game? No, no. Actually, how do he play now? How do he play now? Maybe That's tough, isn't it? Because I feel like I feel like in that series, um, the Wizards will have the best two scores on yeah. on the court. And one thing that's been consistent with the Wizards all year is that they are so much better yeah, yeah, against yeah, the, the best teams. 
Yeah, yeah the number of games under 500. I, I think Bill's still leading the league and scoring, isn't he? I think, oh, oh I mean, yeah. maybe my boy might I, play I, that. I he, he, he's not going to win it, though. He let Steph, he, 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 he kind of, he, he's, he shagged it, Steph. I feel like Steph's at 31 and Bill's at 31.1. So, uh, yeah. Recently, Bill's, he's, after the All-Star game, he kind of had a slump. Then he then he missed five games with an who, injury. Who would, you, who would you say, who, like, obviously Bill put up number, but who would you say is more important to the Wizards team doing well? Uh, Russell or Bill? Yeah. Um, it's a bit of both because Bill is the guy that's going to get you the buckets you need. You know what I mean? If Bill's cooking, then the Wizards are a hard team to beat. But what I will say is, in them high leverage moments when you need a decision maker down the stretch and a playmaker down the stretch, you're going to put the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands because all season, Pretty you've seen, you see, you seen it against the Nets, you've seen it against the Jazz, you've seen it, you put the ball in Russell's hands and he's going to make them big plays down the stretch. And what I will say is, since the trade deadline, they traded... um um. Mo Wagner and Troy Brown Jr. for Daniel Gafford and Chandler Hutchinson. Hutches- Since Daniel Gafford has come in, he's been amazing. Like honestly, bro, like, he against the Pelicans, he had Zion in jail. He blocked Zion yeah. at his fourteen game. I've never seen that. Steve Adams, thirty minutes. <laughs> Bam. Yeah, Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I think he had about four block games. So he's been. We know what's his name. Gone. And you know. Oh, when Russ plays with an athletic center, that's a lob threat. That's a dump off threat. He, he, he's given many centers a career in this league. He's given, yeah. he's given Stephen Adams generational wealth. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Stephen Adams is now, now the richest man in New Zealand because of Russell Westbrook. Come on, he's my of the year. I want to ask you quickly. Um, obviously, you've got Russ, you've got uh, Bradley Bill, but um, uh, what's your read on Rui Hachimura, Reem? What, what do they have there, Rui? Rui is an interesting Sorry. player. I think, I think he's a guy at the moment. He's having he's having a tiny little uptick in what he did in his rookie year. Um, obviously he's he's probably getting a little bit less shots now because Russ is there, feels there. Um, there's a he, he he's showing potential as a good versatile defender. You know what I mean? He could guard bigs. He could switch up to the perimeter, guard perimeter players. You know what I mean? So that's a that's been an interesting development. He's a Decent. He's a good athlete. You know, he's a dump off threat. You can run a little pick and roll with him. Um, he's a nice scorer in the mid range. He's, ex- he's he's extending his range a little bit to the three point. He doesn't shoot it at high volume, but he's maybe shooting two, three a game, maybe at 34, 35%. So if he could extend his range a little bit more, become a bit more consistent at the three point line, that's a good, good young power forward in the league. I think Rudy is one of their players. Rui is one of their players with big potential. Um, they drafted Denny Advia this year in the um lottery as well, and he's kind of like um been used as like a spot up shooter. That's not really his game. He's he's he, when he got drafted, he was coming in as kind of like a point forward type of player. You know, you put the ball in his hands. He's shown flashes of being able to play, make, create his own shot, get to the rim. But at, at present, he's been used as a bit of a spot up shooter, so his, his shooting hasn't been good. So that that that's kind of aided the wolf um the the wizard struggle that. They have one player on their roster that shoots like above average through from three, and that's Garrison Matthews, who's a two-way player. Bradley Bill shooting maybe like 33%, 32% or something like that. Russ is shooting 31, 32% on Rui. You know what I mean? Um Robin Lopez and Alex Len, those guys aren't gonna shoot any free. So I feel like they, they, they spent a lot of money on Darvis Bertans. 
And early in the season, he had COVID as well. And that's your sniper. That's your 80 million sniper. You can't hit any shots. You're in trouble. But since he's come back from his little, he had a little injury layoff, he's come back. He's been hitting some shots. And and that, that that's helped the wall um the wizards. Why are you thinking wolves? That's helped the that's helped what the wizards. What is it? You got the wolves on the don't worry, we'll have a wolf another wolves pod soon, brother. Don't worry. Yeah, that's when that that's helped the wizards. So like listen, when when Bertans is cooking, when when Gafford is there, catching lobs, everything like that, when Rui's cut into the rim, when Bradley Bill's cooking, that's why that's why you see Russ is getting his 10, 11, 14 assists because these guys he's getting them easy looks and they're capitalising, you know what I mean? Like, before that, like what DC was saying, they're blowing layups, they're missing wide open threes, they're not playing any defence, like, you can't win like that. But, like, I feel like they've, right now, now that Bradley Bill's had, Bradley Bill had about five games off, comes back, he looks a little bit more energised now, he's back to, like, his early season form, Russ is picked up, his mid-range is looking good again, you know, he's still playmaking, getting to the rim. They, 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 they're their team that, because I feel like if they had one more shooter, maybe, one more shooter, they got Ishmith back a lot. Ishmith missed a lot of time out. And, you know, he's another playmaker, could handle the ball, could get to the rim. So they got some, they got a bit, they got some pieces offensively. But again, as I said, a team that plays no defense is not a serious team in the playoffs, in my opinion. But I feel like they're, they're four games back from the Pacers with 16 to go. I feel like the Bulls are maybe out of it because Zach Levine has gone down now for a few games. They won last night without Zach. Yeah, but, yeah. On the, on the balance of it, they, they're going to lose yeah. more games than they, yeah. than they without without Zach. Is it's going to be very tough for them? And I think the and I think the Raptors are kind of like mid tank, so I don't feel like they're a team that I feel like if they miss the playoffs, it's not going to be like a disaster. Mm. A guy like Russ wants to be in the playoffs every season. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's not like twenty two anymore. Like so, I feel like out out of those three teams that are in the tie, I feel like the Wizards have the biggest like. Incentive and motivation, to and they've got the business kind of energy going in that that going in that direction and as well. They have the best players. They have Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Bill. So if those guys are playing at the superstar level, they could play. They're better than the the Raptors and the Bulls, in my opinion. Agreed, agreed. Um, and let's finish up with uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, five of five, five and five in their last ten games. Steph's averaging forty three points a game, fifty eight percent from the field, fifty percent from three, and ninety one percent from the line. Um, yeah, we talk about Steph and we talk about um, uh, him being a superstar. And I think there's always been a bit of complaints about, yeah, well, he's never done the whole heavy load, put your team on your back, just get us wins. Um, but it looks like uh, with with Wiseman, uh, Ubre being out, he, he's taken on that role. And as the I, Steph I fan... I just, I, I've always disagreed with that statement. But as, I, I, yeah, as the, as the Steph fan, I just want you to give us uh, your thoughts on the Golden State Warriors uh, 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 being carried by Steph, it looks like. I mean, he's been carrying them for years. So, you know, like, I think what 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 obviously didn't help his legacy was KD joining because it made people forget what Golden State were like before KD joined. Um, but I've been saying this for, for years. This, is, this isn't this is anything new we're seeing. This is who Steph is. Um, he's a guy who, if you let him, he'll put numbers up. He'll, you know, he'll raise the floor and ceiling of his teammates. Um, I do feel like you know, Steve Kerr has overcomplicated things a few times this season. Um, for example, like there's been a couple of games where we would have we you know in, in a lot of our games we're we're actually ahead. Come going into the fourth quarter, you know, I think in, in the majority of our games we're actually I mean other 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 than the ones where we've been blown out, right? Uh, but in the majority of our games we're ahead by fourth quarter, and because of the rotation, 
Steve Kerr is very, very strict of it. So, you know, you usually get stepped back in around the seventh minute mark, right? By that time, you're playing four minutes about him. You see the guys that we play with, and by that time, the game, the game's pretty much over. And then yeah, he's trying to catch up towards the end of the game to bring them back. And before you know it, sometimes it's too much, right? Um, now again, I'm not saying let him play 40 minutes a game because obviously that there's no point in doing that, right? But I do think this has been a missed opportunity this season. Um, it doesn't obviously it coincides with Jamon playing better as well. He's been playing better recently as well, um, offensively because what he was doing to, in the start of the season was absolute nonsense in terms of scoring goals and try, you know and shooting, for example. Um, but yeah, like, you know, pe- people who say, you know, they want to see Steph Curry team on his back haven't watched him if they say that because he's been doing this for years. Um, you know, I've, you know, you've got 2014, the Clippers series. Obviously, we didn't win that series, but that series he put on a show. In 2013, he put on a show in the playoffs. In 2012, he put on a show. You look at 2015, after getting to the finals, he put on a show. 2016, on the show, uh, and you know, yeah, KD was there in 2017, 2018, uh, and in 2019 before he went down. But in those regular seasons, KD went down, and Curry put on the show to get us first seed or you know, to top seed and to get us to the finals. So, genuinely speaking, anyone who says they haven't seen Curry put a team on his back, they genuinely don't watch him. As I've concluded, um, yeah, because we see what the team is like with Clay. Running it, we see what the team is like with Draymond running it. Um, so so yeah, of course, I mean, it's a great watch to see. Um, you know, entertainment, you know, I think the stat was, um, I think there's all is there only five guys in the league who who have um, who have been scoring the way scared Steph has after age 33 in all NBA history. You know, the likes of Kobe and MJ, for example. Um, I don't think LeBron was on that, was, was on that, um, that particular stat. Particular stat. Um, so it's good to see in it. Uh, I think it might it might be a little bit too late, but I am interested. Am I, I am interested to, to see what happens in the playoffs because what what do we have here? So we have I don't want the Warriors and Mavs. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, obviously they would have been fifth if we just count Steph's games he played, right? And um, if I look at the playing right at the moment, we'd have Grizzlies versus the Warriors. I'll take that series. In the plane. Oh, I think Reams. I think you're on mute, by the way, Reams. You'd be playing the Spurs, nine versus ten. The Grizzlies would be playing the Mavericks. Oh, you know, I thought it was seven versus tenth and then eight versus ninth. Nah, nah. No. Oh. The loser of that plays the winner of nine versus ten. Oh. Even the Spurs, yeah, but you know what? Pop, but he's a sick coach, and I do think we could we could take the Spurs because talent wise, I don't think they're better than us. They're not. Because, I mean, at some point, they were actually overachieving. I think they, at some point, they were fifth. Yeah, they, they regressed back to back to their norm yeah. now. I, I think we beat the Spurs. So then, let's I, say we beat the Spurs. So if, we, if we beat the Spurs, then, um, and then let's say Mavericks beat the Grizzlies, even though that's a tough matchup as well, because Grizzlies seem to be able to have them until down the stretch, right? Then we're eighth versus Utah. Utah's running you off the off the court. Yeah, you're you're out. You're out. You're out. You off the court. Listen, this is my yeah, take yeah. on the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, they are when Steph Curry are decent team. Without Steph Curry, they're the worst team in the league, right? So that I feel like if Steph had played every game this season, Golden State might be a six seed. 
and then they, they, you're, you're talking yeah, about fair, going, fair, you're fair. talking about going out in the first round against the Clippers. You know what I mean? So I think that's that's where they are at present. Like, and 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 I feel like everyone in the org, like you see Draymond coming out saying making the play playing don't interest me. Draymond's a championship winner. You know what I mean? He's a championship player. So a season like this for Golden State where they where they're not really contenders, I feel like they probably not really like. They're not really that motivated, if that, if that makes sense. What I will say is Steph Curry has showed that he is one of the most special offensive players this game has ever seen. He showed that, obviously, we knew he was the best shooter of all time, but he's, his shooting is so good. He's shown that he could he could just do whatever he wants, basically. Like, listen, if you're a player that has to rely on getting to the rim, for example, you could defend against that because you could just build a wall, you could scheme, you could you could help off bad shooters, you know what I mean? If you're a guy that could shoot any type of shot, it could be a bad shot, but 50%, 48% of the time is gonna go in. There's nothing you can do about that, you know what I mean? So that's what that, that, that's what Steph showed. Steph showed that I seen him play against Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is one of the most special point guard defenders in the league. This guy was hitting fadeaway shots from three, cooking him, cooking running him. off speeds. <laughs> like, the there's like there's nothing you could do, like you know what I mean. But the thing is, the thing with Steph is he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a, he's a special scorer, isn't it? Like the reason why James Harden's better than Steph in the regular season is because James Harden is a special scorer, but he's also a facilitator as well. So in terms of his scoring, that attracts a lot of gravity. But he can he, he makes he can make the game easy for his teammates as well, getting easy buckets, like. With Steph, his gravity kind of comes with the um, attention he draws. So he's giving guys, so guys will be open. But at the end of the day, if you're a bad shooter, a guy's going to leave you open. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're in real life, like for me, I'd rather double Steph and let Kelly Uber shoot a wide open shot than, than let Steph take a guy 1v1. You know what I mean? So at present, it's, it, it, it's when Steph had Clay Thompson, that was perfect because if you double off Steph, you're leaving another top five shooter of all time wide open. Like that, there's nothing. There's it's hard to scheme against a backcourt like that. You know what I mean? So I feel like what is it's hard for a player like Steph to really carry a bad team to championship contention. You know what I mean? Like it's hard. LeBron James, like LeBron James, can't do that. You know what I mean? So um, what is it? it so what we've learned about Steph Curry this season is it's kind of like what we knew already. Like he's a special, special player. Like. He's like an entertaining player. He's a guy that puts up video game numbers because of his ability to to shoot, his ability to create his own shot. You know what I mean? But like many players in the past, he's not a guy that could make a bad team, a championship team. You know what I mean? So, so you know what, yeah? So I agree with that, that last statement, right? Yeah. But to be honest, there's very few guys in history who can do that. Exactly. That's my point. LeBron, LeBron, obviously, and then... I don't even think LeBron could do that, honestly. I don't, I don't feel LeBron like... will take you to the finals, yeah? Or, yeah, yeah, you get to the finals, yeah, but like... Other than that, how many other players have actually taken a, a, like the worst team in the league without them to a championship? Yeah, it's all one person saying that now, Iray. When you, when you don't win everything, you don't run around like Steph will do that. And now it's everything that he can't do that because it's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, now you've broken up. What Iray said about all oh, people that said that Steph has, can't carry the Warriors, I feel like... He's missing the point a little bit. What what people are saying is, is when 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 Steph was playing on them stacked Warriors teams, 
it made his life a little bit easier. So it's hard to judge him individually against other guys that have showed a bit more individually. Like, you, know, you see with that, yeah? So I hear what you're saying with that, yeah? But even when the team were stacked, right, yeah? If you look at the rotation, when he played at the bench, right, you can see right there what he does when he played at the bench, for example. He made them a good, a decent team, right? Like he's doing now with a with an average Golden State Warriors. Exactly. That's he's a true, great player. True, true, true. He's a okay. great player. Like, listen, like, 2017 Russell Westbrook, if you look at his his plus minus numbers, like when he was on the court, there's like a plus, let's say that 27. When he's off the court, they're like a minus 117 or something crazy like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what happens when you're the best player on a bad team. Like, you know what I mean? So I like I feel like I disagree with people like saying, oh, this season affects Steph's legacy. This season affects Steph's legacy. Right. Like that's stupid because he's not the first great player in history that couldn't put a bad team over the top. If that's the case, then Dwayne, Wade, Dwayne Wade's legacy is in the mud. Kevin Garnett's legacy is in the mud. Kobe Bryant's legacy is in the mud. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, basketball's a team game, isn't it? Um, exactly. Obviously, like, obviously, so I hear what you're saying. It's yeah. so funny hearing Eric coming to his realisation. Now, like, yeah, but the, the reason why this season is so sweet the excuses Golden State fans are making this year are the excuses James Harden fans made and excuses Russell Westbrook fans made, and excuses LeBron James See, fans made. That's what and they all got laughed at by Golden State fans when everything was going That's what I want to mention. So you, you mentioned James Harden, yeah? Again, I disagree with that um, James Harden statement, but okay, cool. Um, what James Harden statement? About um, him being better than Curry in a regular season, yeah? Um, yeah. So the reason why... This season, he's been better. James Harden than Curry? James, James Harden. Harden. <laughs> I disagree with that, but cool. Um, what, what I would say is... Um, you mentioned about Steph being a facilitator. I don't think Kerr exposes that aspect of his game a lot. And secondly, um, yeah, I know they leave Curry open, but if you look at a lot of the Golden State's plays, half of the time, Curry's setting screens and stuff for other people. And I think even though that's not traditionally what you call playmaking, I think when he's making runs, even though he knows he's not going to get a ball, but the defenders are not going to get a ball, and they leave someone else open or give someone else an easier look, I think that's still as valuable as passing to someone and give, making them open, for example. The difference is, you, you made a good point, we just have bad players. So even when you're making them open, they're still missing their shots. Whereas before you'd have Clay or KD or people like Iguodala who could make shots or Harrison Barnes who could you know, put, put put the ball in the net, for example, or Sean Livingston, who, if you know, you know, you know Sean Livingston, you know if Steph's doing a screen for you or doing a pin down, for example, and Sean's free, you know Sean's hitting that mid-range and he's scoring. Whereas now, you've got dudes like Oubre, you know, Bazemore, guys who... And you know, Joe, we, we won the last four out of five and Uber hasn't played any of them, I think, yeah. I think he... They're not sure he played in the Celtics. I hope he didn't. Um, so, you know, we've won without Uber because Uber is someone who, on paper, shouldn't be this bad. But for some reason, it's this bad this year, right? Um Maybe Steph Curry yeah. make his teammates better. That's the worst thing people you say. Yeah, he does it. He gets his numbers, but he don't make his teammate better. Like, I'm, I'm he should just simply make his teammates better, in my opinion. I'm not even gonna bite here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you can see my head. He's just not bad, in my opinion. He should just simply put the ball in the net, in my opinion. He should make his teammates better. You see how ridiculous when someone says something like that, right? You get that, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, obviously, yeah. So you're right. Obviously, like, um, yeah, like, probably can't 
to be honest, see, I can't really say 100% they can't put a bad team over the line because obviously Steve Kerr is also, you know, playing against him. So, you know, I, I need to see him put minutes, I need to see him put minutes down. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And I don't think Clay takes them over the edge anyway. I don't think Clay's the guy that moves the needle. So I don't think they're one Clay away from competing. I, mean, I agree, I agree. I think they're Clay, I think they're Clay away from being a good team. But yeah. not necessarily a championship team. Yeah, but then again, though, like, you got you got you got Phoenix who are second, looking sick. But then again, Phoenix obviously are second because obviously um, Lakers have had injuries, right? Naturally, you know, as we know. Well, if you um, look through the Phoenix roster, they got good players all over the shop. Macau Briggs. Yes. Oh, they, don't really, they don't really have any bad players. They they yeah, they yeah. have a, a very good, very good uh, deep team. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes with them. So I think for both the Wizards and the Golden State Warriors. Getting into the to the playoffs is more a, a pride thing for for their uh, aging stars slash superstars. Um, but whoever they meet in the first round in the East and the West, they're, they're getting knocked out expeditiously. Um, th- there's more to talk about in the play, and that will come on next week's episode. So I want to thank you both for your time, Reams. Ira, always a pleasure. This we had to hop off early, but his time was appreciated too. Uh, and with that, we'll say goodbye this, for this week. Peace. Bless, guys. Love. Uh, before you go, bye bye. What do you mean support? Podcast Network.